Isaiah chapter 7. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7. We'll read these verses again. Isaiah 7, 14. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a, ch a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Of course, this is December. The Christmas month. Uh, we got this week and next. I'm going to bring a, a Christmas message this week and next week. Then, of course, the other week, we'll have a Christmas play, which will again, uh, uh, we'll again uh, uh, show the Christmas story. Uh, but today, I want to bring a message out of the Old Testament about Christmas. Just a little background here with Isaiah. He was more than just a prophet. He's one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. But he was more than a prophet. He was an advisor to the kings of his day. He had access to the leader of the nation. How many of us can drive the plot one and go see President Lungu? Just drive up, hoot the horn. Anybody do that? No. We don't have access to the president. I cannot go as an American to Washington, D.C. and drive up to 16 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, the White House. Oh, I came to see President Trump. Let me in. I don't have access to the president. Not many people have access to the leader of a nation. Isaiah did. He was a prophet under uh, under several kings of Judah. In chapter 6 is a great chapter in Isaiah. Where he had this vision of the throne of God. And God gave him a commission to preach. In that chapter, one of the kings 
kings were the good kings that died. Chapter 7, his son Ahaz is now the king. There's a foreign nation coming to defeat the, the Israelites. And instead of the king relying on God, he hired another nation's army to protect them. And because of that, God spoke to him through Isaiah. And he, he said, ask for me a sign. He wouldn't ask. So God gave him a sign. In verse chapter 7, verse 14. And through this sign, God was talking to the nation of, of Israel particularly the king of Israel. And pronouncing to judge him because they did not rely on the God of heaven. And like all of God's judgments in the Old Testament, and even the New Testament, God always gives hope. Of course, today that hope we have is in Christ. So these verses all point to the coming Messiah. <coughs> the prophecy of the gift. My title, my message this morning is Christmas Prophecies. The Christmas story did not begin in a manger in Bethlehem. It began much, much earlier than that. It did not begin 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born in a manger. Isaiah was a prophet from about 740 to 680 B.C. before Christ. So 700 years before the birth of Christ, there's a prophecy about that birth. He says in verse 14, And he shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. The child that was, was to be born would literally be God dwelling with us. So today, I want us to look at some Christmas prophecies from Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9. Three promises. The first promise is found in verse 14, chapter 7. It's a promise of God being with us. God's first promise of a Redeemer 
was way before Isaiah 7.14. It was found in Genesis 3.15. Shortly after the fall of mankind. When God pronounced judgment upon Adam and Eve. Because they broke his commandment. But also in his promise. He pronounced judgment upon Satan. And in this judgment. He also promised redemption. God always does that. When God pronounces judgment. God gives us hope. He pronounces also redemption. And that redemption would come through the human race. He told Eve through the seed of the woman will this, will this uh, Messiah come. The seed of the woman will pay the penalty for sin. And even though Christ would be bruised on the cross, he would inflict a deadly wound to the devil when he, when he was crucified. That was the promise God promised Eve in Genesis 3.15. The Christ. The Messiah. The seed of the woman. Not only provided salvation for mankind. By dying on the cross. He also defeated Satan's plan for mankind. That was the deadly wound he afflicted on Satan's head. Isaiah 7 14. It's just another promise from God. He would provide a redeemer, a savior. And that redeemer's name would be Emmanuel. God with us. Look at Matthew chapter 3. Verse number 23. In Matthew chapter 3. Verse number 23. Now verse number 23. Let me find it real quick. Must be the wrong chapter. <laughs> There's no verse no 23 in Matthew chapter 3. Let me just reference what I'm going to say. <laughs> when God spoke to Joseph, we know the story. God told Joseph, this chapter 1, is it Matthew 1? 23. Okay. The Bible scholar found it. <laughs> Matthew chapter 1. 
This is what God said. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. So this is the promise God made way back in the book of Isaiah. That a virgin is going to conceive. And that seed is going to be the Messiah, the Savior. And he will be called Emmanuel. Meaning God dwelling with mankind. So that's the first promise is the promise of God being with us. The second promise we'll look at in Isaiah chapter 9. In verse number, the first part of verse number 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So here's the promise of a king. This king will be the son of man. This king will be the son of God. For unto us a child is born. How did you come into the world? Huh? How? You you probably don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember my birth. But I know how I came into the world. I was born of a woman. Same way you come into the world. That's how I became a human being. By the same token, this king is going to be born of a woman. This is a statement about the humanity of Christ. He was born of a woman just like you and I. But more accurately, his birth was not was unlike anybody else's birth. Because in his birth, he simply took upon flesh. He was incarnate. He took upon flesh. He became a man. We know from the New Testament that throughout the life of Christ he experienced all the temptations that you and I experienced. All temptation of man. As a man he felt everything we feel he hurt like we hurt he wept like we weep he got hungry like we get hungry he experienced all things that we experienced and ultimately he went to the cross and died like all of us are going to die one day. But again, unlike any of us, 
His death was not like anybody else's death. Because in his death, he took upon the sin of all mankind. He bare all of humanity's sin and guilt upon that cross. So he was born of a woman. Speaks of his humanity. But notice it says the next phrase in, in chapter 9 verse 6. Unto us a son is given. A gift. He was born at humanity. But he also he was a gift from God to all of mankind. That speaks of his deity. When Isaiah spoke this, this was still in the future. He will be the son of God. Today it's in the past. He is the son of God. He said himself, I and my father are one. We're the same. He was given to us. Not born, given. Speaks of his pre-existence as the son of God. Before he was born in the manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, he already existed. Not like you and I. I did not pre-exist before I was born of my mother. But he's always existed. He is eternal. There's no beginning with him, no end with him. He already existed as the Son of God. The second person in the Trinity. John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That Word is talking about God. God is the Word. That Word simply took upon flesh. He was incarnate. He became flesh. He was given to us to be our Savior. This is the gift that Christmas is all about. We're going to celebrate Christmas here in a couple of weeks. It's a time of giving gifts and receiving gifts and having a meal. It's a time of remembering about Jesus' birth. But the main thing about Christmas is not getting something you want for Christmas under the tree. The main thing about Christmas is remembering the gift God gave us. That gift came in a small package. A baby in a manger. 
That gift was given for one purpose. To pay for our sin debt. That's why God gave His Son. For God so loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the reason for Christmas. So He was born in a manger, of a woman. He, be, he became man. But at the same time, he was given to us. He was the Son of God as a gift. But it goes on in this verse. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. He will be King of Kings. The government shall be upon his shoulders. This part of Isaiah's prophecy has not been fulfilled. It will, but has it yet? When Christ returns, He will set up a kingdom. He will be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. One day the government will be upon his shoulders. He will reign as sovereign king. John talked about this in Revelation 19. Talking about his return. On his vestibule, it says he will have this written King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. So he was born. He was given. To be the king. Then the third promise. In the second half of chapter 9 verse 6. Is the promise of a kingdom. He, is, he, he will be king. And he will have a kingdom. And in his kingdom, there will be no confusion. Because he is called Wonderful Counselor. He is the source of everything. He's the source of life. He's the source of truth. To make sense of life's confusion, we must turn to Him. But unfortunately, most people turn everywhere else when they're confused. People go to all kinds of people to get counsel. But they do not turn to the Word of God or they do not turn to Christ. All the answers to life's problems and confusions are found in Christ. And found in His Word. 
In his kingdom, there will be no chaos. Because he is the mighty God. He's the powerful one. Who brought order out of chaos. He did it when he created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void. And God brought order out of chaos. He will do it again. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, For God is not the author of confusion. But of peace. In his kingdom. There'll be peace and order. He's the mighty God. That forget, can forgive us of our sins. Defeat the enemy. Free those in captivity. Restore broken lives. Bring order out of chaos. That's caused by the sinfulness of mankind. There's chaos all around us. There's disorder all around us in this world today. In his kingdom, there'll be no complexity. It'll be very simple. Because he's the everlasting power. Think of government today. It's a picture of mass, complex, confusion. Wrapped up in red tape and bureaucracy. To do anything with the government. I don't care what government it is. There's nothing simple. You got to go to this office, then you got to go to that office, then you got to go to that office. Yeah, I've driven to Lusaka to go to the government office for business with uh, us being missionaries. You go to a particular office. You got to talk to a particular person. So you go to the office, and the person's not there. So you go inquire, where's the person? Oh, they're not here today. Uh, come back tomorrow. I stay in Dola, I don't want to come back tomorrow. But no one can do what he does but him. So what do you do? You come back tomorrow. Nothing else you can do. Nothing simple. But in God's kingdom, the Messiah's kingdom, the government is going to be upon him. 
He is the government. He created the heavens and the earth. There's nothing too difficult for him. His government will be simple because he takes care of it. Uncomplicated. In his kingdom, there's going to be no conflicts. Because he's the Prince of Peace. The Bible tells us in Romans 1.7. He offers peace from God. To all that be in Rome. Beloved of God. Called to be saints. Grace to you. And peace from God. Our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. He offers peace from God. That no one else can offer. But also there's peace with God. In Romans 5.1. Therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking to people who know Christ as Savior. Because without having Christ as your Savior. There's no peace with God. You're God's enemy. Your father is the devil, Jesus said. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, that peace that comes from God, God gives us peace with God. Because we're justified by faith. But also, there's peace of God. The book of Philippians says this. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Through all the difficulties in life, all the problems we face almost every day, there's peace of God. You can be in the midst of the biggest trial in your life. But because you know the Savior, you know the one who gives you life, there's an inner peace. You're at peace, and that peace of God, which passes all understanding. We can be in the middle of all kinds of problems. But we know God's in control. He knows the end from the beginning. We just need to put our faith and trust in Him. There's never been peace on earth. Never. Never has been. Only conflict. But when Jesus was born, when he fulfilled these prophecies in, in Isaiah 7 and 9, the angels announced to the shepherds, 
Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. They were announcing the arrival of the one that would ultimately bring lasting peace on earth. That's what the angels told them. And they went out and repeated the message. This is the one that was prophesied. This is the one that's going to bring, to bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So Christmas prophecies from Isaiah. The promise of God being with us. God is with us. In the person of Christ. As a believer. He dwells within us. Holy Spirit lives within our body. He will never leave us or forsake us. That promise is God with us is, is promised even today. There's a promise of the King. The Messiah. The promise of a kingdom. The prophetic message of Christmas gives us the good news of God's answer to all confusion, all chaos, all complexities, all conflicts of life, because it's a promise of God being with us. Living within us is the New Testament tells us. So you look at these promises from Isaiah. Do you know the Prince of Peace? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Because he's the reason we remember and celebrate Christmas. He's the reason we can have joy and peace in our hearts. He's the Savior of the world. He's been given. He paid the penalty. He shed his blood. We might have everlasting life. He's the one that can bring peace to our hearts. Because he was given to us. He was born took upon flesh came here to dwell with mankind for the purpose of shedding his blood dying on the cross making a way we can be born again be believers in Christ 
That is the Old Testament promise of the Christmas gift. Let's stand today.